0: Hey everyone, this is our midweek leadership podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Uh, How's everybody doing? You doing good? You feeling good? Okay, Uh, I'm going to try to go as fast as possible uh, because I have a lot that I want to um, talk through. And we're actually going to read almost a a whole chapter of, uh, of... Bible, so um, I hope everybody's really ready. Like uh, um, I know you get your your uh, your your notepads out, just like you got a knife and a fork. Like you're ready for a big old meal. Um, so uh, this is probably going to turn into like a couple sermons at some point, um, but right now you're going to get the cliff notes. These are just uh, the the cliff notes of this. This is John chapter 11, and. Again, uh, as leaders, we're always learners. Um, if you're going to be a good leader, you're going to be a good learner. So um, this, is, this is why we spend time uh, doing this stuff. Uh, a man named Lazarus was sick. It's John chapter 11. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. We know Mary and Martha from another story in the Bible where Mary was sitting in front of Jesus. Martha was working and all that kind of thing. Okay, Uh, this is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume. So this is Mary, like, is in a lot of different stories here. This is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed there, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And finally he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So uh, we're just going to go through this chapter, and and what I want to talk about is what, what to do when something is dead or it looks like it what to do when something is dead or or it looks like it. Um, First, when Jesus got this information of Lazarus is very sick, his response was, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No. So his first response was that in faith. So, when you first see something that is dead or looks like is dead in your life, our first response should be faith. Our, our first response should be faith. Um, and, and I know that sometimes can feel a little mechanical or that can feel a little robotic or that can feel a little bit, but yeah, man, let me really feel that, okay, all right, you run with your feelings. I'm gonna run with my faith. We'll see who gets further longer. So, so you can fight me all you want on, well, man, I just really, let's be the real, real. Okay, let me be the real, real. I see something dead, and I say it's not going to be dead. And I really believe that. And so, so I, I just think this is really important. And so let this seep down past the, the surface level of your heart and say, okay, I'm just going to respond with faith first, because what faith says is the outcome belongs to God first. It says the outcome belongs to God number two faith says don't judge God by the beginning but by the ending. a lot of times we judge things by the beginning, but God wants us to judge things by the ending if we're if we're operating in faith uh, number three, faith says God will get good from this no matter what God will get good from this no matter what fourth God's love for this uh, because Notice that Jesus stayed. And although he loved, it said, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he stayed. You would think that love would say, pack up right now, we're going. But he stayed. Two days. And I, you just look at this and you think, what, what, is God showboating? Is God? No, he, here's the thing. Faith says God's love for us does not mean he works for us. It's his timetable, not my timetable. A lot of times we don't feel like, this is the same thing with kids. If you don't do kids will look at a parent and say, if you don't do it right now, you don't love me. Well, that's not true. I love you, but I pay the mortgage, so I do this on my timetable. That's how parents view things. That you've you got to look at the, God the same way. God, got, just because he didn't up and leave, he stayed two days, did not mean that he didn't love them. He was working on his own timetable because he knew what exactly he was about to do in this situation. So faith says, God loves me, and it's not about my timetable. It's about his timetable. Okay, verse 7, finally said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected, Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago in Judea, uh, uh, people in Judea were trying to stone you, are you going there again, like, saying, like, this is a hot spot, Um, I don't think you want to go back there, they, uh, I mean, Jesus basically had just come from Judea, he basically said, I'm the son of God, and they're like, we're going to kill you, and so, you know, just a few days ago, and so going back there wasn't a good idea, Jesus replied. Uh, There are 12 hours of the day, um, daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. Uh, They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. And then he said, (laughs) so basically, I'm going to answer you with a riddle, and you can just figure it out later. Then he said, our friend Lazarus is falling asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They're still not getting it. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died, so he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I love that. There's not a lot of times that Jesus was just talking to the disciples and he just said, I just want you to know this is it. But he did here. He said, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. And Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Super encouraging, Thomas. Super encouraging. I I, I want you to see this, this moment here of faith. As Jesus is about to go back to Judea, as Thomas is, and, and the disciples are about to go with him, that faith is, is a lot more about walking than words. And you can talk all you want about, oh, we believe that Jesus can do this, or we believe that Jesus can do that, or, but are you actually letting your uh, words just be words, or are you actually walking them out? Because their faith was in the walk back to Judea, not that Jesus could rise Lazarus from the dead. Their faith was a walk back into a hot zone. Their faith was a walk. And even though Thomas says, hey, let's go, and blaze of glory, you know, like he wasn't believing that it like it was all going to be roses, but he's like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's do this. And, and, but Jesus was saying, if you walk with me, and, and I think, Sometimes we got to understand when we're walking in faith, it will feel like we're walking to our death. Sometimes walking in faith does not feel awesome. Sometimes walking in faith does not feel like everybody's with you. Sometimes walking in faith feels like we're walking to our death. But I, I, I just love this moment where Jesus said, come on, let's go. Let's, let's, let's move forward. When Jesus arrived to Bethany, verse 17, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. Many of the people who had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss, when Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would have not died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Oh, as I was reading that, I was also, um, you know, remembering Mary and Martha. I was remembering Mary at the feet of Jesus and where everybody else uh, where Martha was like, hey, there's all this stuff that needs to be done. Why isn't Mary coming and helping with me? And I'm sitting here, you know, I'm trying to do all the work, and Mary's just sitting at your feet. Jesus, you, you get up and, and, and tell her to get up and tell her to work and all this kind of stuff. I mean, nobody could move Mary from the feet of Jesus, not even Martha's disdain, not even Martha's upset, bad attitude was gonna move Mary, she found, and in fact, Jesus said, she's found what's better, and that's why she's here right now, and so you have Mary, who could not ever be moved from the feet of Jesus, but now, all of a sudden, you read this, and Martha goes out and runs and sees Jesus, but it says, Mary stayed in the house, Because hurt can keep you in the house. And I believe that there are so many leaders that have unresolved hurt that keeps them in the house. And they stay in a place where they shouldn't be. This was a girl before who ran out or who was at the feet of Jesus and nobody could move. And then all of a sudden now she's staying in the house. And Martha is the one that's going out and meeting with Jesus. And I want to make sure for all of us that we constantly are looking on the inside of who we are and saying, I don't want hurt to keep me in the house. I don't want bitterness to keep me in the house. I don't want disappointment to keep me in the house. In the house. I don't want uh, missed opportunities that I thought somebody should give me and they gave to somebody else keep me in the house. I, I don't want to keep those things inside and these wounds and these things because there's sometimes that we go through stuff in life that we just are, that's hard and that, that hurts us, but that hurt wasn't supposed to be there forever. And if you don't allow God to heal you, you will stay in the house. You'll stay in a place where where before, man, you just couldn't, somebody couldn't drag you away. And this is where we get leaders sometimes who don't know how to correctly deal with some of the disappointment in their life. I mean, you know, you just, it was a failing that she looked at Jesus and she was saying, if you would have just got here earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. And that's why she stayed. And so I was thinking, you know, I, I was thinking about this and I was like, God, help me to keep coming out of the house. Because there's moments where you feel like you're always going to be disappointed. There's moments where there's always going to be things where you feel like, oh, God, if you had just been there earlier, if you had just uh, done this thing, or if this person would have just said this, or if this thing would have happened like this. And it's, there's constantly things that can get you to where they just want you to stay in the house. But God, I want to keep coming back out to you. I want to keep coming back out to you. I want to keep coming and and, and have that, even that, that thought that, God, you can do it. And this is what Martha said, but... Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise. Everyone else rises on the, at the last day. So she would almost given up hope, but she understands what he's talking about. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will leave, live, even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? This is so important because he's he's trying to awaken her faith because her faith is shattered at this moment, even though she came out to him. Her faith, and he's saying, do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who comes into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her the teacher is here, wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. I love that because you don't hear Jesus saying that to Martha, but it's inferred that he said to Martha, go get Mary. I want to see her. And that also speaks to the heart of Jesus, that even though you're hurt in the house, still wants to see you. Even though, even, even though there's still wounds, even though you're not having the right kind of spirit, God still is drawing you. He says, I want to see you. But also, you still got to get out of the house. Come on. Even though he still says your name, you still got to get up your hurt little behind and get out of the house and not stay in your own um, sadness and and uh, want everybody to pity you and come in the house with you. Um, so Mary immediately went to him. Verse 30, Jesus has stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him and and when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have not have died. And when Jesus, th- this, is, this is important here, as, especially as leaders. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled where have you put him he asked them they told him lord come and see then jesus wept and the okay so so and and you'll see later on you'll you'll see well okay i'll get to that in a second um Here's here's the the thing here. When Jesus saw her weeping, saw the other people wailing, with her a deep anger welled up within him. I wrote this down. You will respond out of who you are. When, When you see something dead or something that looks like it's dying, you will respond out of who you are, not what you know. You will respond out of who you are, not what you know. Meaning that when Jesus saw the darkness that had covered this place, saw the utter despair of his children, and saw the brokenness that death had had done in this moment, what happened was a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Why? Because he knew who he was, and he had the authority to speak into the situation, he actually knew who he was. I, I am the Son of God. I have the authority to speak to death, hell, and the grave and all of this brokenness that is in this world, that sin started from the very beginning. I am now the person. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the one who breathes life into dead things. And so when he saw all of this stuff, he had a deep anger. And I'm wondering how many of us as leaders, when we see brokenness in the world, are we mad or do we just commiserate with other people are we mad or do we just say oh that's so sad I'm so sorry or do we stand up and say this isn't right and I'm gonna stick my nose in this thing and I'm gonna stand up and pray that God actually turns this thing around and i 'm wondering if the reason that we don't have this holy anger that sometimes should rise up in the middle of all of these broken situations is because we don't know who we are and we don't know how who God has given and what God has given to us as authority we don't step in as authority in uh, as believers to say this is a this isn't right this isn't how God has made it to be and I'm gonna pray that something breaks in this moment this isn't right that marriage shouldn't just die and that that healing should happen in that person's life and that person's relationship should come back from the dead this is what leaders do I, I, I one I, I look I look at this and I see Jesus he didn't just weep a lot of times all of us we' like oh let's make sure that we show that we care one of the best ways that we can show that we care as we stand up with the authority that God has given us and saying there's another way and I know you might think it might be death right now but I'm telling you that there's something better on the other side of this. I'm telling you that God can make a miracle happen in this moment but you will not respond out of that until you know who you are and you know the identity that God has set in you and the authority that God has given you. If you don't know those things, you will always just respond out of who you are, not, not what you know. And Jesus, at this moment, he stepped into it. Now, he's not, he, he's not a robot. He cried because he was hurting too. And then they told him, Lord, come and see. And the Jesus wept. And, and the people who were standing nearby said this, see how much he loved him. But some said, This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Just so you know, as a leader, sometimes you just can't listen to sideline reporters. Because you got two people here, two groups of people. One, oh, he loved him so much. And then another group saying, well, he healed a blind man. Why isn't he doing better? Why hasn't he done this better? There's always going to be people that are going to say things on the sides as a leader. And Jesus didn't respond to them, but look at this verse 38. Jesus was still angry. Do we see, I wonder if sometimes we don't see Jesus in this light. That he's mad that people are going through this kind of stuff. So if he's mad that Lazarus is dead and he's mad that people are crying about it, how much more do you think that he's mad about the stuff that we're going through right now? How much much more upset do you think Jesus is at what you are fighting right now? And what you are going through right now. I I just want us to have a a, a full picture of who Jesus is. Because he's looking at the stuff even that we're facing right now. And he's saying, this isn't right. I came to fix this stuff. And and, And until you... Until you understand that Jesus has now given you the authority to step into those moments and to have that kind of same attitude, you will just look by and you will be a part of the mourners that just are like crying and thinking, well, we don't have any control over this pandemic, and we don't have any control over this economic thing, and we don't have any control over this racial divide, and we don't have any control over these broken homes, and we don't have any control over world hunger, and we don't have any control. When we can just look at all of these things and think, well, at some point, at least I get to go to heaven, and I'm glad that I got that situated. Instead of realizing, we step in, and there's some holy anger that rises up and says, I'm going to step into this thing right now. I can't fix everything, because Jesus didn't have everybody rise from the dead, but he stepped into this situation, and so there's a moment. I, I think there's such situations that every leader has that God is actually asking you. i, I Uh, If this is kind of upsetting you, you need to step into it and step into it with authority. So then Jesus, um, still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its its entrance. He said, roll the stone aside, Jesus told him. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell would be terrible. Um, Just again, still fighting to believe. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would seek God's glory if you believe? I'm I'm amazed at how many times Jesus had to repeat himself in these 40-odd verses. So if that's the truth, how much more do you and I need to consistently have faith poured into us? I, I wonder if this is why sometimes we don't believe for great things. It's because we are, um, we're a, uh, just an open place where faith just comes in, but it just comes right out. So some point, I need to have somewhere where it stops in my heart. And then at that moment, it needs to start filling up over and over and over again and get more and more and more in. So they rolled the stone aside, and then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. you always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, and his face wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. And the last thing that I wrote down, it's God's job to bring the dead back to life. Those, there, there, are, there are things that only God can do. And it's God's job to bring the dead back to life. But understand that it's our job to unwrap them And let them go that's what Jesus said he said unwrap them unwrap him and let him go so what stuff is hanging on people that makes them look like dead people what clothes do they are they wearing right now that we need to help them take off what kind of ways do they talk? What kind of ways do they have their own marriage? How, how, what kind of ways do they act? What ty- kind of things do they think that that this is what dead people think, and this is how dead people talk, and this is how dead people have marriages, and this is how dead people have these things, and this, you shouldn't be wearing this anymore, because you're not dead, you're alive. God brought you into a new life. God saved you and, and did something on the inside of you that none of us could do, but now that you're alive, let's get those grave clothes off. Let's get those things that make you look like you're dead, and let's take those off. Listen, that is our job. That's not God's job. That's our job. Because Jesus looked at Lazarus and said, unwrap him, take those things off, and then he said, and let him go. So our job is to let people go, to release them, to, to encourage them, to, to, so that they, um, they don't hang on you for everything. They can walk by themselves. They don't need your help as much as they need our belief and encouragement. So we release them, and we say, okay, now it's time for you to walk. Now it's time for you to go. You don't need my help. God gave you all of this new life inside of you. And so release them into be the leaders that God has called them to be. And so I, I know there's a lot in here, and, but I just felt like I was supposed to talk about this this morning. So um, uh, let's pray, and then we'll be done. Father, thank you so much for each and every one of these things from your word. Father, I pray that you take deep root in all of us. God, help us, God, to be the people that you've called us to be, to be the leaders that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.